I once got to meet Spike Lee and I asked him, how do you deal with people telling you that you make black films? And he goes, all of my films are black because I'm black. So even if I have a white cast, it's a black film. It's a Spike Lee joint. You just be who you are because that's going to be your brand. Your brand is you. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand towards your next career breakthrough. We're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month through October 15th, so check out leadwithyourbrand.com slash Latinx to hear our collection of amazing business leaders who just happen to be Latinx including our fabulous guest today, Flavio Morales, who's the Executive Vice President at Endemol Shine U.S. Initiatives. Now, before we get to Flavio, I want to talk a little bit about the power of brands because I just got my brand new iPhone 13 Pro. And guess what I did? I was in the Apple store three times before it launched. I kept going to the site. I talked to everyone and I stayed up at midnight and then got up at six in the morning to keep refreshing and refreshing my phone to ensure that I could get my color of my gigabyte sized iPhone Pro that I could pick up at my Beverly Center Apple store because I couldn't wait three weeks for it to come in the mail. Now, yeah, you're probably thinking, hey, Jason, you're one of those kooky people. And yes, I admit it, even though I had a reservation time, I waited in line outside of a brick and mortar Apple store. But guess what, folks? That is the ultimate power of brand. Great brands drive behaviors from their loyal fans. So I ask you, in your career, do you have people waiting in line outside of your brick-and-mortar store, outside of your office? Right now, during hybrid work from home, might be queued up in your email or calling on your voicemail. But do you have people lined up to consume your services. And that's the power of brand. And that's what I love about Apple. You see, I got my very first Apple product way back in 1984. My mom bought the Apple IIc computer to be our family's computer. And if we think all the way back to Apple in those years, they were doing the exact same things. They had the coolest new thing on the block and it was modern, it was sleek but it was also simple to use. So not only did it come in this amazing big white box that we all put in the back of my mom's station wagon and brought inside our house to unpack, 
But when we unpacked it, there was only four things in the box. There was a screen, there was a CPU and two cords, one to plug into the wall and one to connect the monitor to the CPU. And you flipped the switch on that Apple IIc computer. And guess what? It was all ready to go. It was preloaded with basic, if you can remember that computer language. But there were no floppy disks to load. We could turn it on and go. And that's the simplicity and the easiness that Apple is still about today. Because you know what? When I walked in and they scanned the QR code on my old iPhone to get my reservation time, they made it easy and came up with a box. And I sat down and we pressed a couple of buttons and we were able to upload everything from the cloud or download everything from the cloud right to my new iPhone 13 Pro. They were still making things simple. And guess what? It still came in that cool elegant box. So you've got to ask yourself, what makes you different from other brands? Apple makes themselves very different from other folks that make phones and computers. What makes you different? How can you make sure that you have people lined up for the services that you provide? How do you make sure you have people lined up to ask you to be on their team? How do you have people lined up to get advice from you? How do you have people lined up to offer you that next job and your next career breakthrough? I've got an amazing guest today. It is Flavio Morales, the Executive Vice President of Endemol Shine Latino U.S. Initiatives. Now, Flavio has been in that role since 2015, and he is an experienced programming executive and producer who develops unscripted, scripted, and digital content aimed at the U.S. Hispanic English-speaking marketplace. He's currently serving as an executive producer on the second season of LOL, Last One Laughing for Amazon in Mexico, and he recently was an associate producer on the acclaimed drama series Nikki Jam, El Ganador for Netflix. Now, prior to joining Endemol Shine Latino, Flavio was EVP at Big Vita Entertainment, where he oversaw production for the NCLR Alma Awards, along with executive producer Ava Longoria. And he previously was the top programming executive at Tele. Mundo's cable network, Mundos, which is now known as NBC Universal, where he spent nearly a decade developing the network's bilingual millennial programming mix, which included hit series like I Love Jenny and Larry Mania. We'll be back in just a few moments with Flavio Morales. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we're back. I'm super excited for today's guest. It is Flavio Morales, who's the Executive Vice President of Endemol Shine Latino U.S. Initiatives. Flavio, what is going on? How are you, Jason? Good to, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Uh, it's been so long, but I'm excited to chat and, and catch up on all of the cool things that you're working on. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it has been, it has been many years since, since you and I connected from the NBC days. Yeah, exactly. So, so talk to me, what is new and exciting over at Endemol Shine Latino? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. It's, it's been six years um, that I joined Endemol and it was interesting. You know, I came in really without a title um, and it was uh, Chris Abrego, our CEO. Uh, We, we had met, we had talked about the the space. We had talked about the business and the changes, and he had been telling me that he was, you know, really looking to to focus in Latin America, but more importantly, was uh, trying to figure out the issues that were happening in in the English language market when it came to Latino storytelling. So we we sort of brainstormed um, sort of this this opportunity to have somebody within Endemol that was that could that could support the Spanish language and Latin American initiatives, but at the same time be based in the US, uh, with really that being the 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 opportunity of growth. And this was six years ago, right? This is as uh Netflix was was up and running and doing uh unscripted. So in that time we've we've developed a lot of things with our team in Mexico, with our team in the US, and then really just focused in on how to diversify, especially in a company that's global, right? So that was that. Yeah. That was the interesting um, opportunity in taking the job. Very cool. So when you meet people, I mean, I know that you're a you're a big networker here in Hollywood. How do you explain to people uh, who you are and and what you do when you first meet them? Hmm, that's a good that's a good question. <laughs> you know, I I I. I think when you see me, you, you know, and I joke, you know, which is unfortunate that I have to use it as a joke. Um, if I get someone that says, Hey, you look familiar. I said, well, I could, you might be mistaking me for your FedEx guy or your valet, <laughs> um, you know, and, and because there were so few people that look like me in the industry. I mean, I've been, I've been working now in the industry for over, you know, 20 years, 25 years. Um, I started when I was very, very young. I went from being the youngest person in the room to now being the, the oldest person in the room. <laughs> and you get to see, you know, a lot of a lot of changes. And really, I, I explain myself as like I'm that I'm that great opportunity, right? I represent an audience that for for many years has been sort of uh, um, sort of disregarded, uh, yeah. misunderstood, right? Because when you talk Latino, people will generally think about it as Spanish language. Um, And and you forget that when you look at Latinos in the United States, our economy as a whole is as big as any other country Um, and bigger than any Latin American country. And so why would you not focus? Why would you not invest? Um, So it's, it's, uh, I always feel like I'm a salesman. You know, I'm selling our audience, I'm selling our community, I'm selling our creatives um, because you have to, you know, and, and, and I, and I do actually take great pride in, in explaining who we are. 
Absolutely. And so, Flavio, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you was that you've had this great, amazing career over the past 25 years. And, and you said now you're the, the old guy in the room, right? When you look back over your career, what have been some of those, those career breakthrough moments where you really thought it, it got you to the next level or you got your foot in the door in this industry? Well, it was a couple of times. One was, um, interesting enough, you know, advertisers, marketers are people that really do use data, right? So in 1995, 96, um, I got approached by a friend of mine, Manny Gonzalez, um, who who has an an amazing career in, 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 as a, as a brand builder. And he said, Hey, I got reached out by an ad agency. They want to understand Chicanos in LA. And I was mm. like, oh, that's an interesting one. They want to understand Chicanos in LA. I take this meeting and it turns out it's it's Wine and Kennedy. Mind you, at the time I didn't know who Wine and Kennedy was. <laughs> um, you know, sort of the biggest ad agency in the world. And you know, they created their Jordan, everything else. And they wanted to understand they were selling Miller beer in Southern California, very specific. And they were like, well, our data shows that this audience uh, doesn't just watch Spanish language television. They love basketball and they love baseball and they love car culture. How do we make sure that we're advertising to them correctly? So that began my journey in advertising. I've won a couple of ad age awards. I mean, I, I got immersed into that culture where it's all about the data. It's not about, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, trying trying to say you understand the market, but really digging in the weeds and getting research and, and figuring it out. So that to me was an amazing moment because I got to work on real budgets. I got to produce both radio and television. And at the end of my journey with uh, Wine and Kennedy, I wound up producing um, commercials with, um, uh, with Alfonso Cuaron, who directed yeah. some commercials for us. And this is uh, this is, uh, this is pre everything. This is 1990, <laughs> this is 1990, 97, 98. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that was a, an amazing moment for me, which then got me an att- the attention to come back to LA to start working in television. Um, and that's when there was, again, there was this moment of like, oh, bilingualism. And so, uh, MTV started doing bilingual and then I helped create and start LATV. So then that, you know, was six years. And then that got me the attention, the attention of MTV. And then the person at MTV moved to Telemundo. And then that was, um, that was Antoinette Zell, which then propelled me to go to Telemundo and start working for, for GE NBC. And so, to me, it was always sort of like putting in the work and establishing the audience. And then that got the attention and then sort of propelled me into a different phase of, of my career. But it was always, you know, performance-based. It was always spotlighting the audience and the potential because it is a solid business. Um, our our community is, 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 a, is an audience that wants to be entertained, that likes to spend. Um, on stuff that can relate to them and things that they like. So it was always about trying to find what that thing was. 
Absolutely. And and I know that even back in high school, you were focused on on creating content when you were uh, when you created illegal interns. So tell me about that, because I even remember not that long ago seeing an old school clip of you uh, interviewing Jennifer Lopez on the red carpet of something way back in the early 90s. Yeah, that was for me, Familia. Well, um, my parents, you know, were incredibly supportive and, you know, uh, we had asked, I had asked for a video camera and, and, you know, this is 1988, 89. And, uh, they said, well, sure. I mean, is this something you guys, something that you want to have two, two younger brothers and a sister and, uh, you know, got this camera and, and funny, I was never a really strong writer in high school. And, and I give a lot of credit to, uh, one of my, one of my teachers who I still keep in touch with Jerry Mendelson. <laughs> and he allowed me to turn in reports on video instead of writing essays. Wow. And in him allowing me to do my video presentations, it gave me sort of like, Oh, I could do this. Like, this is something that isn't too, uh, crazy. And, and that allowed me and kind of like said, it's so, you know, you know, really put yourself out there. And, and, uh, back in the day, uh, cable, cable networks had local public access channels, right? So if you lived in the mm-hmm. community, you actually could, could, could get like a, you know, 30 minutes on a, a community channel. And I went and I interned my senior year of high school and, um, you know, got like this music variety show with my friend, Richard Estrada, who was also an intern. And uh, we slowly incorporated my my two brothers, Oscar and Efrain, and we would shoot footage of the community, literally <laughs> the camera out the window driving through East L.A. to music, you know, you know, the Smiths and the Sex Pistols. And and then eventually we started to upgrade our equipment. And and I learned because in high school I was in charge of public relations for our school as as a student. And so I learned to write a press release. I started getting us onto red carpets and and uh, interviewing bands. And literally, you know, again, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was doing something. <laughs> and and, um, and it didn't, and it, you know, again, it, it didn't pay. You know, it was just something. And I think that that's what made it um, okay. Um, my parents, again, were very supportive. Never, you know, I always had a part-time job, but they were just like, you're doing your thing. Um, they would sometimes even uh, pitch in when we were short cash. And that was really, um, to me, I was in Hollywood. I mean, you couldn't tell me otherwise. We were like in it. And so <laughs> I think it was that it, it was that really um, sweet um, ignorance and being naive to saying anything is possible. Like even though even though we were, you know, 17 miles from Hollywood, um, we were there. You know, and I would send our VHS tapes, really badly produced shows, <laughs> to to managers and agents. I one time uh, went to the Dennis Miller show when he had the talk show. Yeah, and I and I and I, I I gave him a care package to one of the the one of the PAs, and I said, "Can you please give this to Mr. Miller?" And the guy looked at me, is like, "Okay," and lo and behold, <laughs> like three weeks later, we get a really nice letter. Uh, saying like, hey, thanks for sharing this. This looks promising. Keep working at it. Not something we would look at, but please, like you're onto something, keep pursuing it. 
And I kept all our rejection letters from ICM, from CAA. And, you know, you would wind up having lunches with people and they'd say, hey, you really should focus on this. Like, don't give up on this. Um, meeting with ad agencies, you know, that were like, hey, what do we, how do we get you on Univision? And we're like, but we're in English. And they were like, well, we can change Univision's mind. And we're like, no. Um, so, you, <laughs> you know, it was. It was a lot of years, but at, as as that kept going, I was like, I could find other jobs. So that's the other thing, that it wasn't a clear, direct path. Like, I didn't go from doing the show to working at the mailroom at CAA. I went from, from that to consulting for advertising, working in advertising, working in production, um, consulting brands. And then once I knew how to produce commercials, then I wound up producing events. So I, I wound up producing the ASCAP Latin Awards for like four years. And again, you start learning organization, you start learning communica- proper communication skills. So you start doing those things and it doesn't come without its challenges. I mean, when I got to Telemundo, I was a very green vice president. Like, mm. like just did not know protocols, did not know about managing people, did not know about putting out the right information memos. And then your peers start telling you, hey, buddy, like you, you're not doing it right. So it took a lot of coaching from people. And 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 at a point in my career, I was uh, I was on probation. You know, it was like my oh, wow. communication skills were not good. And, and at the time, the general manager, Alex Pels, was like, bro, like I need to work with you. I, I had no idea you didn't know. You didn't have these skills, you know, and, and – uh, and, and, and in working in that and realizing, oh, okay, this is the way it works. And it just can't be like hallway conversations. It can't be like, well, I thought you would know. And it really um, gave me a different perspective. And it was good to show within my time at Telemundo going green and going to a place where then I was like basically helping run uh, Mundos and, and leading the, the creative vision which then led me to go independent, which was also a big learning curve uh, for two years. But then at that point, that's when I caught the attention of Endemol. And now I've been here for six. So it hasn't been like a clear line. It hasn't been a smooth road, but um, you have to constantly challenge yourself. You have to constantly learn. It's funny when I, when I started consulting um, an agency, an agency said, um, we're going to send you your quote. They didn't ask me for my quote. They sent me their quote, um, which was double what I thought my quote was. Wow. And, and when I got offered a VP at Telemundo, uh, my boss said, you're going to be paid as a VP. Mm. And what I didn't realize what that was, literally triple what I was making before. Yeah. And the HR, the HR executive at the time would not pay me my full rate because I was a college dropout. Wow. And my boss went to bat for me and said, you pay him. He's a VP. He is being hired to do a job. You are not going to pay him less because he doesn't have what you, what you deem he needs to have. Yeah. His value is his knowledge. His wow. value is knowledge of the market. And it was those things in 2003 that really sort of, you know, and I say this to, to any young person that I talk to and, 
and I do a lot of mentoring is like, you have to know as much as everybody else in the room. Absolutely. And, and take me back to some of those moments where, where, where people were giving you feedback that, you know, you were missing some of those, those skills, like what kept you in the game at that point, right? Like thinking and going like, wow, all of these people are expecting that I know how to do all of these other things uh, outside of the creative realm. What kind of went through your head and and how did you keep going? Well, I think when, when you're in that situation, you feel like you have to almost hide or, or, you know, hide your shortcomings. And it turned out to be sort of the opposite. Like I wasn't afraid to say, I don't know this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid in saying, Hey, can you walk me through this? Like, how would you do it? And I have to say that one of the things that I did again, because you just don't, sometimes don't know any better. I reached out to the folks at USA the folks at Bravo um, and and said, Hey, I'm a programming guy over here. I'd love to see your process. And they started to share to the point that I would spend a week every summer for like four years in New York. And I would spend two days shadowing the folks at Bravo and then another, you know, two days shadowing the folks at USA And, and, and really just saying like, well, when you know something's not working, like how much time do you give it? You know, yeah. how, how, you know, when you feel like you have something that's worth promoting, how do you attack it? Um, you know, and, and silly, everything back then to changing your commercial breaks to promo time to um, stunt um, uh, running shows to marathons and just the things that in the cable industry, you, you know, were all sort of happening in real time. So you wanted to get ahead um, with what you were doing. And then, you know, one of the biggest things was, you know, the, our budgets were, were, were a lot smaller. And, and that was something that I learned back from my public access days. So I sat with producers and I would say to them, um, and this was something that got me a lot of recognition within the team because I wound up creating, um, production companies that I could send work to. And so the quality of work, because instead of dealing with five, we only dealt with two and I guaranteed them work. So they didn't have to restaff all the time. So they knew, Hey, I got this much money all year, regardless if the show doesn't work or not. And so the quality started to get better. The story, storytelling started to get better. And it was, it was those things. And just, you know, I have to, you know, during that, that, that transition time, it wasn't like I was being attacked or kicked out the door. It was like everyone understood, um, and it was in this peer-to-peer um, sort of uh, feedback that I was getting. No one said I didn't belong there. They just said I mm. needed help. Yeah. And I think in any other environment, I wouldn't have lasted, but it was in that environment where everyone was open to working with me and helping me sort of find my my leadership style. And... Um, you know, it, it, it really was an eye opener. But from then on, I realized I belong there. I know exactly what I know. I, you know, no one's doing and That's the other thing, too, as a Latino or as a Mexican. You feel like you you got there by by chance. You know, and so yeah. there's always sort of this like, oh, woe is me or like, you know, kind of. And again, being the only one in the room. Um, and at Telemundo, I was one of very few U.S.-born Latinos in the company. 
So you sort of feel like a little bit of a disconnect. Um, and then, but you, then you get to a point where it's like, I'm representing an audience that I know, like I, I see them, I live amongst them. I know who I'm representing. And then, you know, that this is also the future, right? This is who is going to keep, um, you know, Amazon going and Netflix subscriptions up, you know, so I represent this audience and, and I'm not, um, you know, a lot of times people be like, oh, but, but, you know, we had a very weird conversation one time with a very high up at Telemundo and said, <laughs> oh, but your but your audience is American. Like, you don't want anything to do with Latino stuff. Like, you're done. Like, you're general market. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> uh, no, no, that's not the case. That's not never, never going to be the case because of our socioeconomic ties to to our southern border. Yeah. And so those are those things that, you know, you come back with with data, but with your just your knowledge of where you live and where you sit. Mm. Um, so so that was that was a like for me, that Telemundo period, which was nine years, was was a was, you know, the bulk of my career. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about about your leadership style and your executive brand. What are three words that you would use to describe your brand? Oh gosh, three words, huh? Uh, well, I think one of them is is honesty. Uh, you know, the other one um, is fun. Mm. And uh, I'm trying to think about that third word is commitment. You know, I, you know, I, I've I've been told that I haven't gotten jobs in the past because I was too Chicano. Really? Uh, yeah. That was a fun one. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, what does that I, even mean? Yeah. An, an agent told me that, that uh, I, I, I carried, I carried um, who I was too, too, too ahead of myself. And I was like, but that's, that's who I am. And it was funny. Um, I once got to meet, Spike Lee. And I asked him, how do you deal with people telling you that you make black films? And he goes, all of my films are black because I'm black. So even if I have a white cast, it's a black film. It's a Spike Lee joint. You just be who you are because that's going to be your brand. Your brand is you, you know, specific, like you, you make this stuff. It's a Flavio thing. And the other thing he said is like, well, who's your tribe? Because once you have a tribe, they'll support the you, like your yeah. brand. And I, it, it stuck to me because, you know, in my career, specifically during uh, that period at Telemundo, um, I had a lot of champions inside of, of Telemundo. But inside of NBC Universal, my champions were mostly Black executives. Mm. And they were the ones that were extremely uh, supportive that allowed me into rooms that unfortunately some Latino executives never mentioned to me. Uh, and so it was an eye opener. And, and the way I see it now is especially, you know, yesterday with the Emmys and, and the Emmys, Emmy so white uh, hashtag, we won't get to the inclusion that we need unless we're all together and, and, and that we all sort of um come together as 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 groups that have been marginalized for years 
that aren't part of these, this ecosystem. That, 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 yeah. That's something that a lot of people don't understand. Hollywood was created by a particular group and they made money and it's a business. You know, if you open up a taco shop and someone says, hey, why don't you make pupusas? You're like, but I'm a taco shop. I don't make pupusas. So it's going to take time to get yeah. someone to understand. You'll make more money. <laughs> you'll make more money if you learn how to make pupusas, right? So yeah. I, I, I think that that's, that that's a that's a point but back to the three names and the leadership a i always want to have people smiling i want people to want to come into work i want we're making content we're not bricklayers right we are yeah. we are in an industry that most of us dreamed of being in right you 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 make a conscious decision at a very young age that you love this that, that you can't describe it you can't you can't put a credit to it because you don't know what it is, but you mm -hmm. just love the environment. There's nothing like being behind the scenes of seeing something coming to life. Like there is nothing more cooler than to get up and say, Hey, I'm going to go make stuff. Right. You get bogged down on the politics and everything else, but, but that's, that's one. The honesty is about, you know, really, um, being real as far as the kind of stories that you want to tell, yeah. you know, uh, um, and, and honesty, as far as like your audience, understanding who your audience is, right. Sometimes you're making things for the masses and you may, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I used to program things that people would be like, Oh my God, you're putting that on. Oh, why? And it's like, well, but our audience likes that. Like they're going to yeah. want this look. And so those were the, those were, uh, really important i'm very uh you know transparent with information what i know you know when people come in i i i uh i connect everybody from my contacts to your contacts because i just feel that's important and and that's that's what i i you know that's my brand I'm, i i want to be that unifier i want to be that um when i get an opportunity to get into a room that you usually don't get into you know, I want to put my foot at the door to let a couple more people in um, it, because our my goal is 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 about representation. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't do a lot of good if you're the only one of your kind in the room. Yeah. So thinking back over all of this great content that you've been able to develop and shepherd, what what are what are some of those uh, programs or shows that you're most proud of? Well, you know, um, the I Love Jenny show was was really you know uh, really it was it was fun it was it was a very uh, complex show because we were introducing unscripted um, to sort of Latino television um, prior you know I, I always love sharing the story prior to that we had another uh, unscripted show where the agency that gave us the car to use didn't know how to get us a production car to use so the agent <laughs> so the so the agency went and leased their own car for us to use like it was bizarre like oh, like wow. they like they, and so we 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 made a lot of strides in introducing that genre of television um um to, to latino tv so when we got to i love jenny and of course, for those who don't know, aren't familiar, right? This is with Jenny Rivera, superstar, performer, singer. 
and 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 the only reason I, w- I convinced her to do the television show was because she was born in the United States, spoke English, went to high, went to Long Beach High School, had a real <laughs> had, had a had a real estate license, and honestly, her her kids um, weren't working. You know, they were you know they were all sort of in this weird phase of their lives, and I and I told her I'm like, how would you like to provide jobs? for your kids. And she was like, great, what is that? I'm on a television show. And so that's how we, we went about, you know, doing the show. <laughs> and, and it was a, a, a wonderful experience. Um, uh, Sherry Sorka, who, who was the producer of the show, who we're still very good friends. Now we sort of lived this incredible journey with the family. And, and actually one of the reasons I left Telemundo was after Jenny died, it really um, took me a while to kind of uh, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I I personally felt that uh, we were doing so well with that show that my expectation was that Telemundo was going to ask us to produce like five more of that kind of show. Yeah. And, and it didn't. And it didn't, they didn't want to invest in that space as much as I felt they needed to. And my mentor, Paula Madison, said, your job is done. Like really, if you really, if you're serious about your career, you got to walk away. You got to walk mm. away, and you got to, you know, clean the 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 Telemundo, the Jenny off you, and and figure out what you want to do. And what I wanted to do was produce, and so that's when I went off on my own, which was a very humbling experience to go from a buyer to a seller. Uh, uh, <laughs> And, and I, I, I do have to say that it also did a lot to my self-esteem because by, you know, basically by my, you know, it, it was an opportunity to really sell myself. And, um, and I joined, um, Sergio Alfaro, who, who, who is my, my second cousin, uh, and we were able to, uh, produce the Alma Awards. And what was great about it was that we, you know, pitched ourselves to Eva and Eva supported us. And I give her a lot of credit. I, I, I'm always uh, grateful for her to giving me my sort of opportunity produce, to produce. And of and course, the great that. Eva Longoria, right? Yes, yes. And, uh, and, and then I was able to uh, produce a show for Robert Rodriguez when he launched El Rey. And mm. again, that was, that was something that was great because, you know, basically I was able to be like, bro, you're going to need content. What do you want? <laughs> and I'll go make it for you. And, um, and he was, he was great and very, you know, uh, you know, very supportive. So I had, you know, those, those moments. And then I produced a concert film. So I did these things on sort of like reminiscent of my illegal intern days where it was yeah. all like, you know, being naive and just not taking no for an answer. And, and uh, once I had those things, under my belt and then having those conversations with Chris Abrego, I was like, wow, going into a global production company and basically having to create my, my job, my role, um, was, it was a whole new challenge and it wasn't the first year wasn't necessarily easy, but again, I had the confidence that I can get into these rooms and talk to these producers and deal with this talent. And so, you know, now, you know, I, I, uh, 
I, along with our with our entire team, was able to bring um, Kate Del Castillo to Endemol, um, who 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 is a huge, um, you know, global actress, yeah. um, and you know the the you know Telemundo's Queen of the South, yeah, and and uh, we're producing with her, and we have some amazing projects that we're going to unveil soon. Um, but that's something that I was like, you know what, Kate? And I like flew to New York to go see her one woman show and I was backstage and I'm like, you got to come work with us. And she was like, <laughs> Oh my. And it was funny because she said, I invited a bunch of people. She took a bunch of meetings in LA and I was the only one that went to New York to go see her. And I'm like, because you need to work with me. Like we need to work together. And, um, and, and I'm grateful for her and her team, uh, Chola Wood for, you know, for believing in me and bringing her into Endemol. So, you know, it's, it's those little like moments of like, oh my God, I had a hand in that. I, I helped yeah. put that together. And, you know, sometimes you're at the forefront and sometimes you're the one working the phones behind the scenes and negotiating the, the contract. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I love all of it. And I think that that's why I've been very, very fortunate is that I'm using every single tool from my 25 year toolbox. And it's just not one thing anymore. Yeah. Wow. So many great, amazing stories. I have some quick final questions for you, Flavio, and they're fun. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about your brand, but what's your favorite brand as a consumer? What can't you live without or what are you obsessed with? This is going to be silly, but, um, <laughs> you know, the the Dodgers have oh, done yeah. have done such a good job in showing the Latino side of the team. Uh, in the last few years. Um, and, you know, when you go to the stadium and you hear the Mexican music where every Sunday is Viva Los Dodgers, like, you know, that's a that's a huge brand yeah. that understands its consumer base. Now, Flavio, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? Oh, wow. You know, um, I have to say, you know, I, I, I was never a car guy. Oh, here's a funny story. I was never a car guy and I had a Jetta and I picked up my boss <laughs> from the airport. And it was a brand new Jetta, by the way. It wasn't like a used Jetta. It was a brand new Jetta. Um, and, and, uh, and, and I pick her up and she goes, Oh my God, your car is cute. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I, you know, got home and I told my wife, you know, she said my car was cute. <laughs> my wife, God bless her. A month later, I showed up at home and she turned in my car and got me an X5. <laughs> and she says a vice president drives a BMW X5. Ooh. And and from 2005 to present, I only drive a BMW. And it's, I would say... a car brand it's like bmw is sturdy reliable expensive and that's the other thing because i'm expensive uh, <laughs> i may not look it well flavio what is your best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners um it's 
you know, and I say this to a lot of folks that your 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 path in your career is not a straight line, and and I see a lot of folks, and I have to say, especially writers that feel like, oh my god, you know, I'm not getting any work or I'm not doing anything. So it's like, well, what else can you do with what you know? Can you go into publicity? Can you go into marketing? Can you go into advertising? Um, you you know opportunities come, but it's also about survival. And if you can create a LinkedIn, you can reach out to people. I actually challenge kids, go into LinkedIn, create a LinkedIn and tell me what companies you would like to work for. And if it's a, and, and if, and if you're Latino, look at the Spanish surnames at that company <laughs> and literally like poke them and be like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And I would love to understand what it is. I think I'm like, I literally want to say like 99% of the people that I've given that job to that task have come away with some contact at some place. Mm, that's awesome. Well, Flavio, it was so great talking to you. So many amazing stories. I love it. No, well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. And we'll be back in a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. And we're back. I just loved talking with Flavio. He has got so many amazing stories. But the one nugget that I really took away from Flavio is this whole notion that there's just not a perfect linear career ladder or path. Really, your career is a journey. You can't measure your success by what other people have done, and you can't measure your progression and where you're going based on some clear-cut path that's happened in the past, because ultimately, you are on your own successful journey. Well, that's our show for today. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you are following us on iTunes or wherever you are getting your podcasts, and make sure to follow me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. Platforms. And again, we are proud to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month through October 15th. Make sure you visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com backslash Latinx to see our full collection of amazing leaders and executives who just happen to be Latinx. And remember, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.